just in case you didn't get enough football on Saturday, we're here to bring you more. It's our Sunday morning tailgate show, presented by Frickers, right here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Good Sunday morning, everybody. We welcome you live here at Frickers on 741 by the Dayton Mall. It's our Sunday morning tailgate show. Justin Kinner, Mark Schlemmer, and Keith Byers back with us here today. Keith, how was your week off? I saw that you ran into a gator. You ever watch Happy Gilmore? I have. All I thought about was the scene where <laughs> Chubbs loses his hand or whatever to the gator, and I saw that you... Uh, then I thought you brought it back with you. There was a story in the paper the other day that there was a gator spotted over in Piqua in, in one Miami of the, little, yeah, in the Miami River. So I was like, maybe Keith wasn't in Florida. Maybe he was just trying to get Trying to audition for swamp people. Exactly. Shoot him. <laughs> no, they, 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 the alligators was, uh, they were... It was their territory. We were visiting their home. Absolutely. But, uh, it looks <laughs> like you had a natural habitat. Looks like you had a good time. Whose golf tournament was that that you were in? That was or Archie Griffin's. Archie Griffin's. Archie Griffin's uh, golf tournament. It was uh, a who's who of Heisman Trophy winners there. Uh, yeah, I Where's saw the blue hat at? Where's your blue chef's hat? <laughs> uh, my dolphin green. Yeah. <laughs> I still got it. I still have it. Yeah. So that was part of the uh, last year at Archie's uh, golf tournament. It's part of the live auction was me coming to a backyard barbecue for you. And so I was the winning bid, and it actually went for $22,000. Where was it at? What state? It was uh, Florida. Wow. Down in uh, Sarasota, Bradenton. Thank you. And um, so they didn't cast in until the day before the tournament. So this past, last Sunday, uh, that's when they wanted to do it. And so uh, I was uh, on the menu was um, candied salmon. Uh, Buckeye salmon, <laughs> so that's two different salmons, and uh, jasmine rice, asparagus, and I ended up making two pineapple upside down cakes. It was so many people. They, uh, they went through the first one. Can you do another one? Oh, give me a little time. I'll, I'll whip up another you one. You thought about a restaurant? Yeah, I, okay, I thought about it. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I don't want that. You know, maybe some, some catering here and there. Even a food, food truck. truck. Maybe a food truck. I got some friends that maybe we, one of these days will do a food truck. I enjoy cooking. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of stress. I mean, you know, it's stress. It's stressful, but it's a, it's a good kind of stress. Good it's reward. I, I can hear yeah. it now, by the Welcome to the Kenner and Schlemmer Show, sponsored by Byers Food Truck. I think it has hey, a good reward. If Weatherman can cover UD basketball... <laughs> And claim they're Mike Shell's the next Jim Packs, and I mean, what the hell? <laughs> Holy moly, what a day. What a weekend uh, this has been uh, leading in again. By the way, did you watch that UFC fight last night? I did not. I don't, I don't know anything about UFC or who these two are, but this woman got busted in the forehead, and her forehead started growing out. She looked like a Star Trek character. I mean, it was unbelievable, but anyways. I, it's I kind of woman you want to take home. Uh, I mean, want to just beat look, you silly. Look at this. This is the best. I mean, honestly, I, I can't stand some UFC fights because a lot of times they just sit there and dance around, and you'll get a, you know some big action you know as the round's about to end. Well, she but caught her kick. Look at these two. I mean, look at her forehead whenever they get a closer shot of her. Look at that on the right. That's two cute women right there. Now, you need to see how, and again, I wow. Jersey, Jersey, I can't that's not makeup, huh? No. And if you see how she looked before the fight, like right now, you probably think that's just how she No. If you look at before, oh, there, there you go. Perfect timing. That's the before and after. Wow, wow. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. But that was one of the best UFC fights I've ever that's seen last girlfriend. night. Somebody's girlfriend. What's that? That's somebody's girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> when she got there, but when she left, no. <laughs> uh, but no, like there was action from the time the bell rang until the, t you know, the round was over. It was pretty uh, entertaining, I tell you that much. But anyways, I digress. I mean, I don't know enough about UFC. How many weight classes are there? Are there I, as many I as boxing? 
I can't probably say. more. Probably, probably as many. And I can't tell you who the champ is. And is it, Conor, Conor McGregor is <laughs> the champ again? See, when they just He's just starting to come back again. I mean, like, they, they were constantly going at it the whole time. And then the fight after them, the main event, which I know nothing about either, those two just danced around for four straight rounds, and I said, forget it. We left. I didn't watch the fifth yeah, they just kept catching just kept. So it's four two-minute rounds? Uh, five five-minute rounds for the championship one. Five five-minute rounds. Yep. Five yeah. minutes is a long time. To now the prelims, sure I believe, I think were three, and this was the this was the championship fight or the the main event right here. Big dude. Uh, Holy this, cow! This is, I mean, like right here. That's just a few of the highlights right there. But they would just dance around forever. They're just showing you the five punches that were probably thrown all night. But they danced around the whole time. People were booing them the whole time because how boring it was. And so, how much money they get for that? Seventy-five dollars. Not enough. I don't know, but I'm telling you, right, this is probably the worst UFC coverage on any show out there because we're talking about it, but I have no clue about anything when it comes to it, to be honest. But still, you know, interesting nonetheless. But man, You can't know. be kicking me in the, heat, in the leg, man. <laughs> that can't even feel good to the guy doing the kicking. But they don't even wince. That's why I'm saying, like, they just sit there and just take it. I don't get that. I don't get it. Okay. What the hell was that? <laughs> like a gymnastics move. That's pretty impressive. I mean, that guy. <laughs> that guy was oh, they talking more than fight swing, man. Yep. That's what I'm saying. The women's fight before that was the be ten times better fight. But anyways, all right, where were we with this? Hey, no, you got to go over to the field house yesterday you. I was trying to for ESPN's <laughs> game day. On TV, I thought they did a really, really good job of it, especially when they honored Coach Donner and just the way they had it set up. You were there. Was it as lively as it seemed? Oh, yeah. Me and Kev uh, and Adrian, um, we all got there about probably 930. And those kids had been lined up since, I'd say, about 7, even probably before that. Oh, yeah, Kev had to get out and park the, the Hummer because me and Adrian, there's no chance we're going to park that in that little tight spot. But these kids were uh, they were a little uh, liquid, motiv you know, motivated by the Keep time we warm. got to it. But it was unbelievable. I mean, just watching the fan ra the students line up out the door. <laughs> oh, yeah, he got the line. He got the is back. back, baby. <laughs> Got the chicken noodle soup all ready to go again. We're live out here. Thank you so much. Right here at Frickers on 741 by the Dayton Mall doing the show live. Come on out, say hello, and hang out with us for a bit. Uh, but, no, it, the atmosphere was unbelievable. And I'm going to be honest. I thought that the atmosphere and during it was fantastic. But I thought that the build-up to it, like the hour before it started, as people are making their way in and the students were going nuts, the band was playing, the speakers, I mean, just the music was bumping in there. It was. I, I, was get, I got chills on multiple occasions just walking around, just taking it all in. It was really cool. You know, Jay Billis would come out and the crowd would go nuts. Um, but my favorite part was... He was going Jay, what? Billis for, nuts for Billis? Yeah. Wait a minute, he showed up? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you wow. go. Wow. Jay, Jay Billis, Seth Greenberg, uh, Reese Davis. I mean, it was just really cool talking with some of them after... Not some of them, but some of the ESPN guys after saying that the best, you know, they, the best decision... I saw that uh, Jay Jablonski said... That it was the best decision they ever made was coming to Dayton. Um, and Reese Davis talked about how that was one of the best college game day atmospheres. I think it's a prize. This is the first time, right? First time yeah. at Dayton, yep. Wow. And some well, press second time in Ohio. And some of the press releases. Only Ohio State or other? Yep. Only Michigan State, Ohio State's the only one that we found. And wow. some press release said it was the first time they've ever come to Ohio. So that's why when I asked that to Seth Greenberg, it threw him off too. But I was wrong on that. But I got that off the press release. So there you go. Uh, but nonetheless, it was just uh, it was a fantastic thing. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they came back again, if UD was playing at a level that would warrant doing it. Uh, it wasn't about the George-Washington matchup. I mean, people were so fired up. They just happened that. to be there. They just happened to be there. I mean, to be honest, they really didn't have anything to do with it, because it's not like yeah. game day was there for the game. They no, George-Washington used that selling. 
Yeah. Just tell them, hey, we, we've been on game day. I mean, the, the best <laughs> thing for George Washington was the fact that their logo was up, you know, next to UD's, for, you know, for the matchup later that night. Uh, but it was really neat. And I'm going to ask you this. Every time Indiana's name was brought, or Indiana's team was brought up, the fans would boo. So is Duke. And, well, Duke's one thing because UD's competing with them. The only reason they're booing Indiana is because of the dislike for Archie Miller. And I can't believe that I have to do this, but... I think it's wrong that fans dislike Archie Miller. I really do. I, I mean, to expect to, to... I think they ought to cheer him for leaving. I mean, he put him on the map somewhat, got him back to prominence, and I don't think they've really missed him. Well, Anthony came in and has put not, him on a higher plateau. Um, and I think it's easy to say that because they haven't performed well at Indiana. But I just think that's wrong to boo Archie Miller. What did he do wrong? What did he do wrong for, for you? Right now, it looks like he did nothing but help him. But I don't. It's not even that. Like he did what every other coach in the country does, and it wasn't that UD is a stepping stone school. It's that you it's took an the words school. out of my mouth. Yeah, you know, it's an A10 school. Regardless, like Anthony Green's a different case because he's from, you know, went to Dayton. It's a dream situation for him. He's having a ton of success here. I'm not saying. I mean, I was proven wrong when I said that you can't do what what Dayton's doing. I was proven wrong on that. But Archie was, everyone knew Archie was going to bounce at some point. So why people are mad at him for that, I just, I don't like that. I, I really do. If Ryan Day ever, of course, Ohio, that's a bad example. But if Ryan Day ever chooses to leave Ohio State, are Ohio State fans going to boo him and hate him? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. No, why would, yeah, that's not the best example. Why it was, would Ryan it was a bad Day one. Why, why would he leave? It's a bad, it was a bad example. But, I'm on a roll. But let me ask you this about Anthony Grant. Is this a stepping stone job for him? No. Any other coach, I would say, yeah, Keith, but because he's probably, what, 50, 51, no, alma mater. No, he's the same age. We're about the same age. We're just school the same time. I mean, he's we're, 55, 56. Unless he goes to the NBA, he's been to Bama, been, I can't say it. I mean, in the success he's having, because this is going to breed more success. I mean, it doesn't help with recruiting. If it doesn't, he may leave. Yeah, I mean, on his own. I mean, if he has the success he's having now over the next three to five years, not always being top four team in the country, but... You know, legitimately, you know, top 25 team over the next three to four years. Will he think about leaving to go to one of the Power Five conferences or the NBA? I, I don't think so. I don't I think, think I think he's a keeper. I think he might be here for the next 10 or 15 years of his career. And that would change the perception of Dayton. <coughs> Excuse me. It's not Coronas. Of <laughs> 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 uh, being a stepping stone job. But, you know, because when... Don Donahue was here for all those years. Nobody thought it was a stepping stone job. That was just he was just a back coach. Back then, I don't remember a lot of coaches doing that. A lot of tra you know, moving. Was the yeah. money wasn't as big back then as it is now. That's what that's honestly what lures these coaches away from. Yeah. I'll ask you this, programs. Keith and Justin too. The bar that Anthony has set for himself this year could hurt him. Could that hurt him down the road if they don't? And that's going to be a hard match. But does it hurt him in two, three years if he's back in the mid pack? Um, yes and no, but I think that's what the recruiting, I just alluded to it, recruiting. You know, you got to steal with Obi. You know, a guy with 6'3", a senior year in high school, and then boom. But you can recruit more people like that. You know, because we've been talking all, you know, all basketball season long that Dayton is a top five, non-power five, you know, mid-major school. So... If you're if you're an, you're that kid that's not going to Kentucky, you know, um, oh, not even necessarily high, but you know, look at all the top top, you know, the Dukes, North Carolinas, you know, or the world. Hey, why not come to Dayton and play right now, and, and improve your medal? And there's nobody is always going to get a lot of consideration for Player of the Year. 
<laughs> you know, and he's got my vote. This transfer yeah, rule's got to help Dayton out now. Oh, All yeah. All the exposure they're getting but it's has not, to be. Oh, I see. But it's not, that's not final yet. I mean, it could Even be. if it's a sit-out for a year, that's well, going to attract some people. That's what it is now, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, but, I mean, that's what... That this season is a result of that still with Ibby Watson yep. and those yeah, guys. That, you thirteen know. five every night at home game in the <laughs> oh, facilities. Wow. So, and I I know what you were asking, or I understand what you were asking about that. It's not that it's going to hurt them, but I think it could the expectations moving forward of, and I've said this before, like whenever you take, like if you go and you have the best steak of your life, and then you just go back to eating the steak that you normally eat every day, that normal steak that you're used to having isn't going to be as good because you tasted that, that great steak before. I'm wondering, you know, moving forward, okay, let's say you have four or five losses in the A-10 every year moving forward, and you're fringe top 25, and you're still competing for A-10 title. I, you know what I mean? Like this might make that just seem like not as special anymore. When, it, when uh, Archie Miller was here and they were beating VCU for a share of the A-10 title, this city was rocking for that even. This city may not rock for that as much. On, and that's not true. You know this family. Yeah, but, 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 but is Dayton's job similar? Dayton, is the job similar to UC football job when Luke Fickle was thinking about leaving Cincinnati? You know, a nice, you know, non-Power Fives conference school. You know, he turned down Michigan State. You know, uh, and that was like, wow. But, look, I think if you had a success, you have a Cincinnati wide lead. And so, Anthony Grant, if he has, you know, continued success here, why leave? And that alumni pulls in. And Luke Fickle had those NCAA penalties waiting on him in Michigan State, too. Well, keep in mind, I think the UD basketball job is a million times better than the UC football oh. job because we've already seen. You're the king of the city here. And this isn't a shot at, at Fickle. It's a shot at the the, conf the American Conference from a football perspective. We watched UCF look like one of the top four teams in the country every year, but they were they never got the shot to get in the playoff because of what conference they played in. UD has put an end to that. I mean, look at San Diego State. Look at UD. I mean, they have a chance. I mean, UD's a one seed right now, according to a lot of mock uh, bracketology reports, and they're out of the A-10. So that's why I think that Anthony Gray, I mean, you could have more success at UD from a basketball perspective than you can look fickle at Cincinnati football. There was a question they asked yesterday, I so. yeah. and I know they've asked this a lot of times. I, don't, I think it was on game day. Is it the fact that there's no dominant team right now that's making Dayton, San Diego State look better? Or are they just good regardless? And I I argue, I think the Blue Bloods are still alive. Kentucky's still good. Michigan State's still good. Now, they may not be that Duke 30. Still Duke's good. still possible. Dayton's good. They are, I mean, look at their record. You only have two losses. They Last have night was December. a typical, the fans were squirming early. And all of a sudden, all right, enough, let's step on the gas and boom. That 21-point line, all of a sudden it became... Easy. Well, I had some UD fans upset with me coming into the game. I wasn't projecting. Wait a minute. You had yeah, no. UD fans? Uh, oh, by the way, Jack Pohl walked by last night, and he wasn't working last night. He had a beer in his hand when he walked by, and he walked by me. He goes, Kenner, what the hell are you doing at a UD game? And I said, what do you mean? I come to UD games all the time. <laughs> oh, but Jack had that in love look still. Man. He's just, uh, he goes, that smile. Cute little flying above his head. Uh, but no, I said this before. I said, we, we were at game day in the morning. That crowd was wild. And I said, look, I think when you look at all the distractions going on right now, and you have a 12-win team coming in, that's not a lot of motivation for you to get ramped up again. So you had, I think the college game day really wore out the fans in the morning. Uh, it's senior night. It's an emotional night. You're bidding farewell to Ryan Mike Sell and Trey Landers. Plus, you know it's Obie's last home game. You have the A-10 tournament about to start. We're finally about to embark on March Madness Selection Sunday, a week from today, by the way. 
I just thought there was a lot of outside distractions that could have led to a rough night for UD. And it was a rough night. It was a rough night. And then all of a sudden, when they got it going, George Washington looked like the bad team that they are, and UD looked like one of the top three teams in the country. But that halftime locker room lost some paint. I mean, they came out flat to start the second half for the first couple minutes, and then those dunks and those big, I mean, the big shots from, you know, that OB dunk, not the between the legs. 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 Well, no, the back to the basket where he just went up and just Blake Griffin, the guy. That was the first time I've seen him facial somebody. Yes. I mean, the guy can't jump any higher than I can, but first time I've seen him basically turn and go, here, taste this one. It was impressive. They cut the nets down after. It was really cool. Uh, you know, Anthony Grant was the last one to go up and cut the net and just the, to see the smile on his face. He mentioned that whole day, the game day, the long day those kids had. That had to wear them out a little bit. You got the national audience yeah. on you. You saw San Diego State lost. You knew Baylor lost. You got to get used to it. That's what the That's big right. boys do all the time. Did you ever go through game day or did they have such a we thing back then? No. ESPN was still kind of new. God, you are old. I know. We just started in 79. That was in college in 82. But you've been through that. I mean, that's yeah. the national game of the week. That's nothing new to you. Not at all. Not at all. I love those. All right. 457-9464. Shea Neal back in the studio. Give Shea a call, and he'll relay you to us here live at Frickers on 741 by the Dayton Mall. We're going to step away for a few moments. I want to hear from Flyer fans who were either at the game last night or at game day. What was the experience like for you? Did it live up to the expectations? We'll talk about that when we come back. Chicken noodle soup zero. Keith Byers one. He is one bowl of chicken noodle soup into the morning and uh, one of the possible second. Exactly. <laughs> Did you leave the bowl? Did you eat the bowl? Holy or is cow! No, it's, I think it's some remnants. Oh, there it is. That's it Not bad. Not bad. Justin. The spoon was slowing me down. I had to go straight to the bowl. Just <laughs> <laughs> swallow it. Justin Kidder, Mark Schlemmer, Keith Byers with you here. Uh, again, it's our Sunday morning tailgate show live from Frickers. Uh, specials out here today at Frickers. Make sure you try this, the uh, the Parkmore chicken. You've had the Parkmore chicken. Many oh, times. It's awesome on uh, Sunday. It it's really awesome is. any day of the week, but on Sunday it's even more special. Keith always comes in looking real comfy. He's like, man, do I want this? Do I want that? There's so many items to choose from, but the Parkmore chicken on Sundays, that's the that's the thing to get when you come in on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. $7 nachos right now as well. Take advantage of that. Also keep in mind that uh, here on 741, uh, Frickers will be having a St. Pat- Patrick's Day party March 13th. I'll have a live DJ here, so make sure uh, you're putting that in your calendars if you're trying to look for plans on St. Patty's Day. Uh, again, Frickers here on 741 by the Dayton Mall is the place to be. Reaction to yesterday's uh, college game day making its stop in Dayton. It's to the festivities really started earlier in the week. We did the show uh, from Hubert Heights uh, when the college game day bus made a stop through. Keith and we were joking and laughing. We were like, you know, it's just the college game day bus. The college game day crew wasn't there, but, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people show up to line up to walk through this thing. It's like when the Wienermobile comes through. People lose their mind over that thing. I'm like, they're not passing out free hot dogs or anything, so why does it matter? Those attractions, it's just, it's. it was a great promotional thing for College Game Day to set the tone earlier in the week and then yesterday. It was just everything you imagined it would be. Talking with some, you know, Front office guys, some personnel from UD yesterday. You know, I was like, man, it's disappointing we couldn't be at UD Arena. But honestly, I think the Frederick Center enhanced the atmosphere because of how more, you know, intimate it was with just everyone being so tightly, you know, packed in there. I think it honestly made it louder. It made it even more. You well, know, I think Reese Davis set the tone right away by saying the last time they were this highly ranked, they played in this building, mm-hmm. and it kind of gave it a little the bit history, of a history lesson. In. Yeah. So uh, and Keith remembers playing in that old barn. Oh. I, I, I enjoy playing. Big bleachers in the one end zone all the way up. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you talking about the old field house? Oh, yeah. gosh, yeah. 
457-9464. Let's go to Bob in Centerville. Bob, welcome. Well, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. I got I to gotta preface my comments by saying my dad is 91, and we just finished his 55th year of season tickets to UD. So, Man, he was there on the ground floor. He was. He was at the very beginning. He was at the old field house you were just talking about, right? So wow. He started over there. And, uh, and then when the new building was built, he transitioned over. I've been going since I was eight. So I've seen a lot of UD games over the years. Um, and, you know, even back in the day when, when they had the home and away against Notre Dame, and they brought him in and they beat Notre Dame on our floor when they were ranked, um, some amazing times I've had over the years. But I can't imagine uh, a more exciting season than we've experienced this year. I mean, it's been absolutely amazing. Um, the level of play. I mean, one of the things I'm really excited about is the, the the growth of the team, Chapman specifically, and how in the beginning he was trying to force it, being one of the, you know, seeing all these other guys score high points, he was trying to force the game. And the last probably five, six games, he's kind of started letting the game come to him, being a lot more relaxed, doing a better job of managing the floor. And it just it all of a sudden it seems to start clicking for him. Um, and then last night, seeing Ibby hit a couple of threes, and uh, if, if they actually get him going from three-point range, this team's dangerous come tournament time. Well, they've got things that tournament teams that win. They have the big guy in the middle. They have two guards that can play. you got Ibby coming off the bench. But don't forget a guy like Matos and a guy like uh, Cohill. They can come in and put some points on for you. And Jordy will come in and give you five fouls. And, and a big body <laughs> once in a while. I'll tell you what, when they put Jordy and Obi in the same time last night and played his own, it changed the game. He's a you get that high low. Oh, space eater. He looks like he'll eat anything. I saw last night, like when they would get the ball to Obi, they would drop the double team. But the double, they were so, it was such a bad double team that the guy that was guarding Shimonga, I mean, literally just turned his back on Shimonga, and Obi just had a beautiful pass to him for the easy dunk down low. I mean, but you see that a ton when they're on the floor. Defensively, though, that zone with Jordy in the middle and Obi on the wing, that changed the, that changed the momentum right there. Absolutely. It's, a, it's the growth of the team that really kind of excites me. I mean, you saw Cohill about that same time when he sat out a couple of games, came back in, and he was a different player after that. Chapman, about that same period of time, about five, six games ago, started clicking, and he's been amazing. Shimonga, same thing. He's he's still a little clunky around the feet. Somebody needs to give him dance lessons or something to make him a little bit more fluid. But uh, the growth of the role players um, specifically have, I mean, they're just deep. I mean, so it was like the other night when they were playing Rhode Island and they had a bunch of these guys with two fouls. And I said to a buddy of mine, I was like, what difference does it make? They can plug and play. They can keep going. I mean, you lose one guy, you really don't, there's not a huge step down when you lose one of your starting five or six or seven, you still have all these guys to plug and play. And that's that's what makes this team as dangerous as they are. And, and they don't shoot a lot of threes, but they can if they need to. Chapman yeah. has made Crutcher that much better to me because Crutcher doesn't have to handle the ball every time down the floor now. He becomes a two-guard. He can get his rest by not having to deal with the press and whatnot every single possession. And he can hit some threes when he lets them go. Yeah, and, and we had uh, LaFonso Ellis on from game day on Friday. And one thing him and I talked about was the fact that, you know, I hate when people say that this team, it's 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 only Obi. It's really not. I mean, look look at Georgia. They have an NBA player that's going to be the first round o- or first overall pick in 
he's not making them great. Like, one great player can't make any team great. It has to be a supporting cast. Look at Ben Simmons when he was at LSU. They didn't even make the NCAA tournament. Kevin Durant at Texas, very good player. Not a bad season, right. but he didn't make them a top team in the country. UD is a top team in the country, yes, because Obi's a part of it, but it's because of the surrounding cast and, Anthony, and the job Anthony Grant has done. They're more than Obi, but Obi, he's a very entertaining centerpiece. Well, you can't have just one or two guys, or even three for that matter, unless they're playing the entire game. Because you start resting these guys, who are you putting in? And the thing about the teams that we played in the A-10 this year, um, and even some of our out-of-conference out stuff, you know, if there's one or two guys, we just lock them down. We, so we're just not letting you have the ball. And so then who do you, who do you have to step up to? And the problem with, with Dayton is, for other teams is the fact that, okay, well, you, you, you cut Obi off. Okay, we'll just pass it around. We'll drive to the basket, and somebody else will kill you that night. I mean, you look at Ibby at the early of the season when he first started getting going. I mean, he had like a 20-point game one night. I mean, he just lit it up. You know, the other guys, there's always somebody to step up in that role, and I think that's what makes them as good as they are is you can't just take one or two guys out of the game and say, okay, we're going we're gonna to win this game by shutting down your leading scorer. Like, kind of like what we do with Rhode Island. You know, Langevin and Fats Russell, well, you take one of those two guys out, and there's not a lot of guys that can step up and fill that 20 to 30-point, you know, margin in your, in your box score. And, and we've got two or three or four guys that, have, that can possibly drop 20 on you without batting an eye. So Nothing it, I'm surprised other teams there. haven't done. That, that it's kind of surprising by this point of the year. Last night was a good example. When Obi gets a dunk, that crowd gets lit up. The other guys get lit up. Why are the other defenses not leaving a guy back and protecting almost like a safety? We used to do a Keithman back in our day. You always left somebody. Yeah. Keep that fast break from happening. Well, you're still running your offense. And so oh, no, when he cherry-picks. So sometimes he leaks out before that rebound's ever even in anybody's hand. He, but you would think they would have the somebody, floor. a guard or somebody, stay at the top of the key just to make sure he doesn't get out in front of the pack. Yeah, it's amazing well, but how you're not open your offense. offense. Well, then you're not running your offense if you do that. I mean, they're catching people off guard. you got to run a four-man offense. Leave one guy just... <laughs> I'll protect that dunk and yeah, get off okay. and deep. Yeah. <laughs> so here, I got one question, one last question before, before I finish. Um, based on what you see, obviously Baylor lost and San Diego State lost again. So we're a pretty solid one at this point. Um, where do you think, you know, if Kansas wins out and they end up getting the Midwest region, where do you see Dayton going? Cleveland? I mean, the best case, I mean, well, they'll always open up in Cleveland, but it could be potentially be New York for, this, for, the, uh, for the next round. Again, that first weekend, I think they're a lock in Cleveland for that first weekend, for the you know, first round yeah, and round of 32. Number one seed, Kansas, will get a choice of where they want to go if I, I'm right about that. That I'm not sure. I thought the number one seed gets to pick what region they want. Now, after that, I don't know if they go in order or not. But it'll be interesting. I mean, look, there's a chance they're going to end up in New York for the Sweet 16 and Elite 8, possibly. Uh, but if they're a two-seed, you could end up in Cleveland and then go to Indianapolis, which is why a lot of UD fans have been pulling, you know, they don't want them to lose, but they wouldn't mind the two-seed over the one from that perspective either. So it's going to yeah, be interesting I mean, how it pans out. I don't, yeah. Uh, did you really think at the beginning of this, I mean, I knew they were going to be good this year, um, this especially good. with all the draft <laughs> transfer, the transfers they had coming in um, and Ovi coming back. I knew the expectation was pretty high, at least on my, my part. Um, I didn't expect this. Well, you got high uh, expectations. Anybody saw this. I thought they could play for an A-10 title. I didn't expect them to go 
undefeated in no the A-10. Bob, they were projected so. to finish third in the A-10. Remember, they had Chase the Johnson, too. <laughs> right. So. Actually, I but. think losing Chase has been a good thing for the team as a whole because it's given Shimonga more playing time, which has certainly helped you know, expedite his progress in terms of his ability. Because he's really hard on the defensive end. His offense isn't too bad, but his defensive end, he's, he's still fouling too much, but he's gotten a lot better. I think I he think gets a lot of cheap fouls. He gets a lot of cheap fouls because he's the biggest guy on the court, and it looks like he's knocking people over. Right, right. But like I said, I think losing Chase is, you know, has actually helped in a way because it's it's forced other guys to to get some more playing time and and be able to step up. So it's exciting. I I can't be more excited. So you guys have a great Sunday. Thanks again. Anytime, Bob. Take care. All right, four five seven nine four six four. Give Shay a call back in the studio, and uh, he'll relay to us out here at Frickers. You know, I'm sitting there just thinking about success. Now, is UD season season a success? Because they had the best regular season in history, correct? Now, if they don't make the Sweet Sixteen, will it be a failed season? We you've thrown that out a couple of times. What is that level for you? That success, Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight, Final Four. Oh, jeez. I think if you couple with the regular season they've had and the tournament they're about to play in, it was it, Sweet 16. At the league, yeah. If, Not only the sweet if you're 16, a one seed? They should make the Sweet Ooh. 16. Oh, at least. I mean, the, even if they make the Sweet 16, it's been a successful season. Now, if they go on to be Elite Eight and the Final Four, that's off the charts. Yep. But I would say that the season is a success if they're Sweet 16. Anything less than the Sweet 16... It was a failed season, we and I hate to say it's such a uh, that's hard, that's a hard call. situation. But it is it, in history. You got the best regular season you've ever had. That part is a success. But the, they were just in the Elite Eight. How many years ago was that? 2014. 2014. Yeah. That's six years ago. That season is what you're up against. And we want to go back to 1984. You know, with. Uh, Roosevelt Chapman, Cedric Tony, and that crew, and Anthony Grant. And both of those teams are playing with house money. They were like a 10 or 11 seed. Now you're the hunted. Correct. Well, that's why we you're did. You're not sneaking up on anybody. Uh-huh. This year. We did a topic earlier in the week that, and I want to hear what you have to say. Like in 2014, they go to the Elite Eight, uh, but they, you know, they were third in the A10. They weren't a top 25. They won 20 plus games. Only lost 11, I believe. Uh, there was, you know. It was an accomplishment just to get to the NCAA tournament. You hope to win one. They beat Ohio State. They could have lost the next game to Syracuse, and UD still would have been super punched because you beat Ohio State and you knocked them out of the tournament. Right. They go to the Elite Eight. It wasn't the sexiest regular season. This year, it's the sexiest regular season that they've ever had. Take the you know NCAA tournament out of it. Which is more member? Which is a bigger deal? The regular season that they've put together right now, or that Elite Eight run in 2014? I think it's harder what they've accomplished this year than what they did in 2014 going to the Elite Eight. Teams get hot in a two-week period all the time in March. You see it every year. You don't see teams like UD and San Diego State have the years that they've had like this on the regular. I think this year has been a bigger, more of an accomplishment. Yeah, I think we're talking about that. this year. In in three to five years, like remember they, they had a red, had a heck of a red season back in 2020. Game day, you know, three. They they, they they you know they came a little short in the, in, the, in the tournament, but that regular season was awesome. But I hope that's not our narrative. <laughs> you know, I want to talk about the great regular season they've had in 2020. Now, March Madness is just simply that it's going to be madness as always. So hopefully Dayton survives the masses and we would and. We haven't even talked about Wright State. I just think of when he was talking about it. It might have been it's a break. Wright State could play 
Creighton, they could play San Diego State. How many teams around the country you think are looking going, God, put me in Dayton's bracket? I don't want to see Kansas. I don't want to see Gonzaga. Dayton's probably that one team nobody knows a lot about no, going, give me them. Yeah, but if Dayton has two teams in the Sweet 16, right? Yep. State and Dayton. If I oh, State gets a Sweet 16, this town would be upside down. Holy cow. Yeah, and again, looking at the, and Lenardi put out his latest bracketology this morning, uh, you, or late last night after all the games had wrapped up. He has Wright State as a 15 seed. They still said they're I not a 15. I feel like that's an insult. They're not a 15. I, I mean, maybe they are right now at the 25 win mark, but if they do get to the NCAA tournament, that means they win tomorrow night and they win Tuesday. That'd be a 27-win team as a 15 seed, and they won their conference regular There's season no in the tournament. Respect. That's, you know, but... A Creighton matchup, and again, when I say this, Wright State is not better than any of the two seeds. But when you look at matchups and you look at the probability or the, the you know the chances of being able to pull an upset off, I'll take Creighton and San Diego State just based, especially with how San Diego State has played as of late. I mean, they've had less. play Creighton out yeah. at their place. Good lord! No kidding. They undressed Seton Hall yesterday. Again, they're all good, really good teams. That's why when people say, oh, no, there's no chance. We say there's no chance every year, but there's upsets every year. No one goes in thinking that, hey, they're going to do it. But I think Rice State has the keys, the pieces to do it. You know, I'm a fan of the NBA playoffs, a fan of, the, of Major League play, you know, baseball playoffs, NFL. But I absolutely adore and love my NCAA tournament, you know, uh, March Madness. You watch all the conference tournaments, too? Uh, somewhat. Not all. Maybe Maybe half. You know, but I, once, once, once next week when they when selection the, when the selection, selection yep. Sunday come out, outside of the teams I want to win, I'm going to cheer for the underdogs. Yep, I love cheering for the underdogs. <laughs> you know, to beat out the, you know, I want to see, you know, my teams win, which is Ohio State, mm -hmm. the Big Ten, and our local teams, Dayton and Wright State. After that, I'm cheering for the, the other guys. <laughs> you know, so again, I repeat, Ohio State, Big Ten. University of Dayton, Wright State, and then I'm cheering against everybody else. <laughs> That's so, what I want to see. Hell, UD's still alive with the women, too. You yeah, forget about them. They're in the title at noon today. today. So, quite, yeah. a, quite a year for the yeah, city. The Buckeye Dayton. women beat the, the team up north women yesterday. They're advanced. So everyone's rolling right now. Now, keep in mind, here's the thing where you talk about matchups. You let's, let's say that this Lenardi bracket is the official bracket that's released next Sunday. UD is a one seed. They would play the winner of the first four matchup between North Carolina Central and Robert Morris. All right, that's great. I'm not worried about Robert Morris and North Carolina Central. But here's where it gets interesting. After that first-round matchup with them, the round of 32, then UD would have to run into the winner between Rutgers and Florida. And now, I mean, we're sitting here talking about UD, only two losses on the year, how dominant. It's funny how, though, the talent gap, not talent gap, but the, the gap between both schools talent-wise, it's going to shrink dramatically. I mean, that's why it's so tough. That's why when you said earlier a Sweet 16, I definitely agree with you. It should be a Sweet 16 or bust. But, man, when you look at a, a second-round matchup against potentially Florida, and Rutgers has had a great year. Don't scoff at the brand of Rutgers. Their season this year from a basketball perspective has been very impressive. That's a very well, remember concerning second-round matchup. The second Syracuse. was Ohio State, Syracuse, Stanford. It's just kind of in reverse now where Dayton's the higher seed. But, yeah, I mean, you run right into Florida right away potentially or Maryland or, uh, or Rutgers. That's not easy. That's not George Certainly Washington. Certainly not. That's you know, it's a Duquesne. little bit off topic, but it's along with the NCAA, you know, tournament. One thing I've always liked about the NCAA tournament basketball is that they bring in all kind of cities. And not just, the, you know, the favorite. I mean, look at this year. You're going to Omaha, Nebraska, Spokane, Washington, Greensboro, mm -hmm. St. Louis, Cleveland, Albany, you know, the, Sacramento. Those cities don't get talked about in sports, 
you know, the way they should as far as basketball. But then, hey, they're going to bring the – and then not to mention, here at Dayton, Ohio, we get the first four. And this and, and before we, the first four tournament came about, you know, Dayton you would always get – not always, but in a, in a pretty steady rotation, you know, that opening two games. You know, so then, you know, recognized as a basketball city. So I love to see, you know, the NCAA going to Spokane, Washington. Omaha, Nebraska. You know, that's, you know, helps generate the love of the game. It's big of, uh, money for those cities, too. Absolutely. The first four, tipping yep. off here in Dayton, Ohio. I mean, uh, just a week from Tuesday, everything will be off and rolling. So how about that? Yeah, the arena great. still holds a record for the most tournament games mm-hmm. ever played. Is that right? Yeah. What's it, like 120, up in 120 now? <laughs> so it's, that's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and real quick, We'll touch on the first four in a moment, but we're talking about matchups. Wright State will not be favored against any opponent in the tournament. I get that, but if like they let's say they get Creighton, they upset Creighton, they would get the winner between USC and West Virginia. Again, two teams at Wright State's not West better. West Virginia, than, so but like who knows? You look at that and you're like, it's not that. It wouldn't be that crazy to see Wright State pull off an upset against programs like that. I think Dayton having to run into Florida or Rutgers is a much bigger task than Wright State having to run in. Uh, yeah, see, West Virginia USC. bombs Baylor yesterday, but then again, they get beat by teams they should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what's fun about this. And it's oh, all this tournament's the best. It's and it's all, all about, about confidence. I mean, you win that first game at a tournament. Oh, you're psyched going into the next game. <laughs> you know, especially, like, I know we're talking, you know, potentially, if they play Creighton. And they beat them. You know how high they're going to be? You know, can't wait to play against USC or West Virginia. And we just saw that. Was it the? Uh, was it last year? Two years ago, the, Bal- the City College of Baltimore. Oh yeah, <laughs> they went on that Knocked run to beat the one seed. Yes. Yeah. First time ever. Oh. And you look at Loyola making the run to the Final Four. No one expected that. So, that's you know. confidence. Oh, my gosh. So I love when people, like when I say things about Wright State potentially, like, oh, stop. They don't have a shot. Really? People said, probably, I bet you radio around Loyola was probably, man, don't be surprised if Loyola could pull off a first run. Oh, stop. Loyola ain't going to beat that. And then they're in the Final and Four. George Mason. That's, you know. Yeah. UD. Richmond knocked off Indiana. All right, UD beats Ohio State that year. Oh, well, that's a cute story, but they're not beating Syracuse. Oh, yeah, they beat Syracuse and Stanford, and then they're in the Elite Eight and run into Florida. Like, that's why I laugh. So I hate when people do that when I bring up Wright State and they try to do I'm like, relax. They're not going to be favored. They wouldn't be favored against UD. They wouldn't be favored against so Who cares against about favors? Yeah. Just tip the ball and play 40 yep. minutes and see what happens. That's why, that's why it's March Madness. <laughs> like, that's why I love when people try to pull that when they say, oh, well, they don't have a shot. No one, Loyola didn't have a shot, all right? Uh, VCU didn't have a shot that year. Butler didn't have a shot to get to the title game, but they got there. So I don't want to hear that, oh, they don't have a shot. All you got, the hardest part is getting there. Once you get there, it's just you let the chips fall where they fall. Now, first four talk, we had the guys from the big hoop line uh, earlier in the week. You don't like the the phrase. Uh, I mean, you don't like the concept of the first four. But my argument to you always is: is look at the NFL. They're adding an additional wild card game. Why do they call it wild card? Why wouldn't they just say, "Hey, that's the first round of the playoffs"? You know, Major League Baseball. They do a play-in game basically. So I, I I don't know why people get so annoyed with college basketball for doing what all the other pro sports are doing with their wild card. You know what I mean? It's a big thing for the city of Dayton, no doubt about it. My whole problem with it is just put them in the tournament. But they are. That is the tournament. Well, I know, but you're basically playing a wild card. You're putting an asterisk next to their, to their tournament appearance. But how is that different than the wild cards in baseball and football? Like, I, I'm not trying to, I mean, you know what I mean. I, I guess I, I'm just trying to see what the difference is. I mean, for the city, the it's a great concept. thing. It's a great event. But I just have never understood the purpose of, okay, you just played a tournament to get in a tournament. Now you got to play again to get in the real tournament. 
But when you walk into UD Arena that night, oh, it's, it's March cool. Madness. No, I it mean, is. look at the floor. It's it's the NCAA. It's not like it's UD's floor on there, and you have to play in a crap gym to get to the tournament. They're in the tournament. If I mean, it was in any other facility that didn't support it like UD, I wonder how long it would still be going. I get that. I, but I feel, I mean, well, we heard talk to those the guys from the hoopla the other day. I mean, a lot of fans come from outside the city. I see a true American pulling in. Oh, really? Well, we got to gear up. With that being said, we're going to step away for a few moments. Uh, when we come back, by the way, we'll continue taking your calls, college basketball, UD-related. We'll get to that. Right State, anything on your mind, Ohio State, whatnot. Ohio State closes out their regular season at Michigan State coming up later on this afternoon. And they're rolling. I mean, I know UD's the highest-ranked team in Ohio, but right now, Ohio State, if they get back to playing the way they did in November, I think Ohio State and UD, it would be an interesting conversation. That's Who's my the question of the day tomorrow on my show. Oh, really? Uh, who is the best team in Ohio? It's easy to is say Dayton, Dayton they're the highest ranked. Or is it Ohio State? But being highest-ranked doesn't always mean you're the best. Right now, Ohio State playing really good. We'll be back in a moment. More of our Sunday morning tailgate show live from Frickers when we come back. Justin Kenner, Mark Schlemmer, Keith Byers, back with you here live from Frickers on 741 by the Dayton Mall. Come on out to Frickers today. Take advantage of their Sunday Parkmore chicken special. Of course, they also have $7 nachos. So uh, some real price-friendly deals for you to come on out and enjoy lunch, enjoy dinner, uh, enjoy a midday snack, whatever it is. If you're out and about, come in. Wall-to-wall TVs, everything going on today. $7 nachos, Parkmore chicken. Plus, also, for those of you trying to make plans on St. Patrick's Day, Frickers here on 741 by the Dayton Mall is having a St. Paddy's Day party on March 13th. I'll have a live DJ, uh, so make sure you're keeping that in mind when you're making your plans for St. Paddy's Day. Selection Sunday, a week from today, on the college basketball talk. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's finally uh, here. Is that bad? I, I don't. Conference tournaments annoy me. I mean, it's just that hiccup in the middle. My thing is, if you win your conference regular season... I feel like the conference tournament should be who gets to the NIT. I feel like it's harder to win your regular season title than it is to win a tournament in two or three days. Well, what's the sense of playing a regular season if it doesn't really mean anything but a seed? Well, that's why I said, like, for Wright State, you know, who wins 25-plus games, they need to win 26 and 27 to get into the tournament, but they won the regular season title and they get the NIT. But I think it's, I think there's more sense of pride in winning and dominating your conference for four months versus having to hopefully you don't have an off night in two to three nights during the conference tournament but then again that would defeat the i don't know as a coach so if you're in last place you get a second life <laughs> you can change your mind on that in a hurry i know but you can't say that you don't want top 25 11 lost big 10 teams in because they prove oh, they I don't want in there. but then say oh it's great to have a cleveland state get hot at the last minute and make a run to the t- i mean they were a member so that's why i like I, I think there should be a legitimate conversation for both of those type of teams to make the tournament like i said you dominated for four months and just for example if, if dayton doesn't win the tournament that opens up uh, you know somebody else somebody in the else's spot to get in. of course dayton's still going to get in but then you're going to knock out Maybe the eighth team in the Big Ten, or the the ninth team in the SEC. I mean, ACC. I mean, Red State's got a consolation prize by winning the the regular season, the NIT. But and I'm I'm curious on this. You might know this. Both of you might know this. What's what power do conferences have? to make up their own rules as far as, hey, we want our regular season champion in the NCAA tournament, and we'll give our NRT bid to our conference champion. Is that, is that well, too simple? Big Ten, thinking? I think, was the last conference, Keith, if I'm right, to go to, to a, conference get to a conference tournament. tournament. Exactly, yeah. 
So, their, their champion was it. So they could, I mean, football as well, um, back when they did that. Yeah, but there's just too much money out there. I was going to say, now, <laughs> though, probably not. you got to have that tournament. Let's be honest. I mean, are ratings through the roof for these conference tournament games? No. So I still think that the money would still be there if you're punching a ticket to the NIT or not. I mean. No, but it's a, it's a gathering of all the teams in one spot. You know, you, you where's Big Ten it. tournament now in, in Chicago? You well, it depends on what uh, conference you're talking about. ACC, Big Ten, SEC conference tournament's probably a lot more lucrative than the Mountain West or Horizon. If you're the Horizon League, if I'm John LeCrone, I come out and say, you know what? From now on, to emphasize, to, and this might help regular season ratings and add urgency to the regular season for these smaller conferences that you know people get bored with and say, well, I don't care about the Horizon League. They're not going to get in that large bid, so I'll just pay attention to that two or three day run. Why, as a commissioner, would you want people focusing on only two to three days of your entire conference when, if you add urgency to the regular season and say, listen, I want my regular season champion to be our NCAA tournament bid. I would love that. I, I really would. And then if you win, the, they say, "Well, why are you having a tournament?" I mean, <laughs> they don't the, have a tournament. Then, then that forces us. To but take you just said that these conferences have, you know, the power to not have one. They do. But that, as Keith said, that money is so large now for the Horizon League. Well, it's well, money. That's my argument. Not not universally across the board. Well, I'm for saying the Big for a Ten. conference, not the Big Ten. No, don't do that. You're fine. I'm talking about a, team, a conference like the Horizon League, a small one. The conference tournament is, I, I just think it defeats the regular season because, okay, you're going to reward your regular season champion by saying, yeah, well, thanks, but no thanks. Go enjoy the NIT. Hmm. I agree. I think the you know, regular season. Where's the Horizon conference tournament at? Indianapolis as well. At Indiana it's Farmers in a rodeo Coast. barn, I think. So. It's, I mean, the Big Ten and the... Big Ten's at the uh, field house. The big one city, two tournaments. Mm-hmm. That's not good for the Horizon. Well, actually, they had the Horizon League partnered with the Big Ten. When you buy, you buy when you buy tickets to the Big Ten tournament, you get a ticket to the Horizon League tournament as well. So. And they both start on Thursday or Friday. Now, Wright State's uh, the Horizon Tomorrow. League will be Monday, Tuesday, and then the Big Ten will start later in the week. Oh, okay. I thought so the Horizon already has been going on, actually. It technically has, yeah. The semifinals and finals are Tuesday, uh, Monday, Tuesday. Oh, okay, so you get a dual ticket. Yeah. Uh, so they're not competing in the same weekend. Yeah, so it's a good partner. I mean, yeah, that would definitely hurt the Horizon, but it's yeah. a good dual partnership. But no, like I said, I mean, you play four months, Wright State dominates for four months, and then if they have an off night tomorrow night, it's like, really? And if you're the Horizon League, you want your best team. And the, I don't want Cleveland State. Remember two years ago we went and we did the show from Detroit. Wright State was playing Cleveland State in the Horizon League title game. Cleveland State was an 11-win team, Keith. What if what if Cleveland State would have upset Wright State that you would have sent an 11-win team to the NCAA tournament? That's not good for the league. That's not even good for the NCAA tournament, to be honest with you. Like, See, I've been at the other end of that spectrum at UD when my first few years, we were the bottom feeders and we went to the finals against the Notre Dame. What if we win? They're sending an 11-12 win team to the College World Series. So Yeah, but see, some of those times, you're the bottom feeder. Like, you're 11-win team for contributing factors. You've had injuries, maybe some suspensions, or guy had transfer. He couldn't play to the second half of the season. And now you're finally gelling the last month of the season, and you know you're a much better team than what you've shown earlier in the season. And now, you know, you're see, playing your like best. See, that's a wild card basketball. to me. You may only win nine games and go play a team that's won 13 or 14 in the NBA or NFL, how's that work out to be fair? I know why they do it, because it keeps more fan interest and more cities involved. It's kind of a double-edged sword, but it's all about that money. Yeah, we talked about, I mean, in the NFL, too, 
Last year we were talking about an 8-8 eight and eight team potentially hosting a playoff game, and then you have the Seahawks who win 11 or 12 games, and they have to go on the road to play. Like, that's, you know, there's always that weird little, those factors that go into the postseason. You like the con- different in, in any sport, Keith, the division, the conference, or would you throw them all in like the American and National, like the old days in baseball? You just take the top five or whatever out of each each league. You know, I, I like it. I like the, the divisions. Like Even if, because it's a luck of the draw to me. The Padres one year were 500 went. Yeah, I like the divisions, but as far as you know, um, you know the, the top seed, the teams, you know the best record out of you know that's get that should determine the bottom. The NBA you does win your that division right and you're nine and seven against a, a eleven and five. <laughs> Twelve and four. Twelve and yeah. four. Second place team. Uh, the NBA does it that way now. Four divisions are meaningless. It's the top eight teams in the East, top eight teams in the West, and that's how they're seeded. It's no longer because it used to be you would have a you know a sixty win team, you know at the top, and then you'd have another uh, a forty win team right in third place. Yeah, and you'd you, have a fifty win team beneath them because they didn't win their division. Yeah, the when the two teams team. in the West this year, uh, the, the Lakers and the Clippers. In, in the same division. Yeah, but now the Clippers got to play on the road in the semifinals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because they got to they they can't be a two seed. They're gonna best. They're gonna be as a three or four seed. Well, no, now yeah. the NBA is no. I mean, oh, that yeah, was yeah, the old yeah. Way. My bad. Yeah, but the old way, and right. they change it. So to your point, the the biggest problem with the NBA is too many teams get in. Yeah, I can't stand same it. thing. You can't stand watching teams with losing records. Well, I don't. I, I'm, well, the NBA only has what eight teams in, or sixteen altogether. Mm-hmm. Eight. I like that. But what I would maybe do is skip the you know uh, the first you know number one seed get a buy you know where they used to and then play you know a five game series or a mini series three games you don't need to see the one versus eight for seven game you know the best out of seven you know they're gonna usually they usually sweeps at the most they're five games why you know so then you you know the, the number one seed don't even have to play. Or maybe the top two seeds don't even need to play, and then you play mini series. You know, you play the eight versus uh, three in a five-game series. There's someone, by the way, with the Atlanta Instead of seven. I don't like seven until the semifinals or the finals. There's someone with the Atlanta Hawks that's really pitching strong to the league. NBA's doing all these changes about the NBA season starting on Christmas Day tipping off on Christmas Day. Let football have their time, and then you'd have the NBA championship in August. I love that idea. Uh, I mean, the NBA, by the time you get to finally want to be interested enough in it when football's out of the way, a lot of So how many games are they playing? Same amount. It'd be the same length of the season. They no, they, they complain about that. they got to play more back-to-backs then. I mean, it would be the same length of the season. You would just start in December. And, and end it in July? So, I mean, that's what they end now, technically. But it would end in August. He pitched at the championship game in August. Then you have September, October, November off instead of uh, July, August, they September, no October, summer, November off. Huh? No summer vacation. I mean, the, they got to take their vacation uh, in the Poor fall. millionaires can't go out and enjoy their summer. <laughs> they get off nights anyways. I mean, you get Kawhi Leonard. Who, yeah, but then you got college <laughs> basketball. Where's the summer leagues? After, the, after the, you know, March Madness, it's still going to be in March. You don't want to change the NBA season because of summer leagues? Well, no. I'm just saying now we have March Madness. Then you know how to draft win. I mean, it's all it's just all draft in the fall. It'll just be adjusted, yeah. How's it going to be adjusted? You, you can't. That's a, too much of a ripple effect. You're gonna have you got the conference championship in August, because now we're gonna figure out the draft order. Then you're gonna draft in September. Why not? And the, my last college game was in March. <laughs> so five six months later. 
and now we're going to play, you know, in, in December. A lot of these college football players, their last game is in, in November, and they're not being drafted until no, no, April. but, yeah, but your first game is not until, what, five months later. Mm -hmm. Now you get drafted in September, your first game is going to be in three months or two months. Mm -hmm. And you got no, no training, hardly. But if you're drafted in July, you're playing three months later no, as well. you're drafted in June. On June, so you're July, August, September, and then so three months later, that's when your camp starts. Right, but then you know you get drafted, you go to summer, these NBA summer leagues, whatnot, and then you got training camp starting in September, and the season don't start till around Halloween. So you got more of an off season and more time to scout. So I don't like that formula unless they're going to cut down the regular season, which I'm fine with saying, that too. <laughs> yeah, but they got too much money to do that. They need those games to sell you, and then. Let the season still end in June. All right. Because, you, know, you, you know, the body needs time to recover. We're going to step away for a few moments. More of our Sunday morning tailgate show live here from Frickers on 741 by the Dayton Mall. 457-9464. We'll be back in a moment. Sunday afternoon at this point. Justin Kinder, Mark Schlemmer, Keith Fires with you here. Well, it's live. Sunday morning for some people. They didn't, they didn't change their clocks. Actually, I feel like it's 1 o'clock. <laughs> I feel like it's 1 o'clock right now. Oh, wait, it is technically 1 o'clock, but it's actually noon. So, there you go. We lost an hour. No, it's technically it's Your body's telling you 11 o'clock. It's spring forward, fall back. Oh, hell, I don't know what I'm doing. See? That's why you were on time. Like I said, it's still morning time for some people. They're looking at I'm their on, clock. I'm on one less hour. The radio's wrong. It's 11. Uh, yeah. No, it's 12. Uh, real quick, uh, just uh, and again, we're talking about high school basketball. How about Trotwood the other night? Gee, walk love. I'm just joking. But no, Trotwood coming away with the win the other night. You said Springboro won, correct? No, I said I wanted to know Springboro won. I want oh. to beat by Moore. Hey, Dane Public Schools love. Hey, Stivers won. I was at the game yesterday. They beat Cincinnati Tav. So they won a back-to-back dis -back district champs. Um, my young cousin plays for him, Alan Lattimore. He had a nice game yesterday. I don't know who that kid is for, I think it's Belmont. I'm not sure that he's like eight feet freaking tall. The one is actually. Oh, my goodness. I think they offered. Yes, and he was at the game last night, and I literally, now I'm short against most people anyways, but I literally walked past him, and I like looked over, and his elbow was at my eye, and I literally had to look up, and I was like, and I literally said, oh, my bad. He goes, oh, you're good, and someone said, you know who that is, right? I was like, it's only a sop. I'm like, oh, I'm literally looking up at a kid. <laughs> it was unbelievable. <laughs> the, kid, right. the kid is massive, man. Like, it, it's unbelievable. A lot of Ohio State, a lot of big schools have offered him already. Uh, and UD right there in the mix. How cool. But we didn't even talk about that, by the way. Game day yesterday. How, how about that as a recruiting tool? How about that as a recruiting tool? I mean, that's pretty impressive there. Imagine. Oh, just that. And as Keith said, the atmosphere of those games, especially winning a, a conference title like that. That's I mean, my God, if you're a kid coming in, thank you very much. If, if you're a kid coming in to see that, how do you not say, where's the pen? No kidding. I'll I mean, sign right now. No kidding. Uh, uh, Alter uh, defeats uh, the Wyoming Cowboys 77-66, and this was on Friday night. Thurgood Marshall uh, beats Hughes Big Red 68-65. The Trotwood Rams 74-63. Them two got to play each other now, I think, oh, on Thursday. Yep, on Thursday at UD Arena, by the way. That'll be a big one right there. Uh, looks like good. I mean... Trotwood has a good shot to get back uh, to the state you know, tournament again and defend that state title from last year. Four that? local girls teams I saw this morning are in the state. Fair, Fairmont lost last night. with uh, They lost. Uh, Anna last Minster, I think, were two of them. When is I saw Jim DeVille yeah. wrote about it. But it's hard, to, it's hard to go back to back. you got to be real special to go back to back. But just oh, I'm special. Again. I did it. <laughs> you lose a kid like Amari Davis, though, and then set that one up really well. You lose a kid like Amari Davis, a potential. You know, I mean, he was right. Th his name was being brought up as potential Mr. Basketball last year. You lose him, 
And then you have, you know, Sammy, Sammy Anderson, who's, you know, a football player. Then, of course, you look at the other kid that's averaging 26 games. They have the top two scorers in their conference leading the way. They almost got beat, though, the other night. They were down pretty big in the first half, and they were able to come back and complete the comeback to get the win. So that was pretty cool. There, No, the girls, though, I guess a lot of those teams are from up north. Um, I know are they using Nutter Center for high school basketball? Yes. I don't know. I know they use Union Arena. I just don't know if they're using Nutter Center World they're playing. Yeah, and then the Fairmont girls lost uh, 47-41 um, against one of the top girls teams in there. So, again, by the way, make sure you're uh, checking out the website tomorrow uh, at wingam.com. Go click on contest. We are giving away a book of uh, a pair of boys basketball state tournament tickets and a parking pass for the boys OHSA state tournament, not this week, but next week. Um, so registration is through all week and through Friday. We'll announce the winner or we'll pick the winner and contact you. Are we eligible? Tickets. Are we eligible for those tickets? Sure, why for not? For media. <laughs> yeah, for media, no kidding. Um, but again, make sure you are uh, registering to win those. It's a free, you know, it's free to register. Also, tomorrow our uh, basketball mayhem bracket challenge goes live. Uh, again, we don't know the team. We just get your name. I got a better and, shot uh, at filling it out that way. It's gonna look like this right here. Just it's gonna be empty. Uh, but no, you can at least register for the basketball mayhem bracket challenge. The teams you don't know who they are, obviously yet, but you'll at least uh, be registered and ready to go. So when the teams are announced on Selection Sunday a week from today, you'll be able to just log right in and get your Pick submitted. I think Keith's question tomorrow is going to be very interesting. Because you and I have chatted about that before off air. Uh, you going by ranking? You going by. Keith is like, you're hijacking my show topic. No, no, no. I'm, I'm okay. I think it's a very interesting question. I think it's a fair one, and UD fans can get mad all they well, want. Who is the best team in Ohio? How many will go to the tournament? I got six right now from got Ohio, it. which is pretty good. How many other states can boast that? That's the case every a lot more times than not for I mean between and of course we're counting Wright State which is not guaranteed but that would be six six. Uh, Xavier possibly they should Cincinnati Dayton Akron well the MAC yeah Bowling Green right now is the favorite to come out of that so Bowling Green Cincinnati Xavier Ohio State UD Wright State State. and I feel like we're missing that I thought somebody up toward Cleveland but there ain't anybody no so yeah it's about two in Ohio I mean two in Dayton one in Cincinnati. Two in Cincinnati. Xavier, Xavier Cincinnati. Cincinnati. That's forward. Columbus is Dayton. Ohio State is five. And, and the MAC. And the MAC is. Yeah. One and usually, you know, whether it's Akron, Toledo, Bowling Green, I mean, those are always the teams sitting there at the top. Ohio State don't let us down when they're horizon. may come down but to two teams. Throw out the question, but the question was what? Like, the best Who's team the in Ohio? Who's the best college basketball team in Ohio? Now, Dayton, ranking wise, to me, it comes down to Ohio State or Dayton. Because the reason why I ask that question is. If University of Dayton played Ohio State's regular season schedule, then Ohio State played they're not Dayton's twenty schedule. They're not 29-2. You know, you got that Big Ten conference, and you have, you know, say you had a three-game stretch just against Wisconsin. Party. <laughs> you know, Indiana and Michigan State. You know, just those three games where you beat 3-0 and in a week. Or 2-1. Don't throw or Michigan in there while you're at it, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you got to play those, those three heavyweights three games in a row. You know, I mean, that's, it's, that's, a, that's a tough call. I mean, you look at what Ohio like. Let's just use the last five game stretch for Ohio State and do the what if game. And again, we're gonna um yeah. So you look at Ohio State in the last five games. They lost to number twenty Iowa, but they beat number seven Maryland. They beat Nebraska. But they beat number nineteen Michigan. They beat number twenty three Illinois. I mean, they're playing. You know, they beat Rutgers, who's in the NCAA tournament right now. Uh, they beat Michigan again just a few weeks ago. I mean, right now they beat Indiana, who's in the NCAA tournament. I mean, you go to Iowa on a cold Thursday night, 
in at Iowa. Is it really warm in Iowa? I'm telling you, in 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 the wintertime. So that's why they added. A bit off. That's why they added <laughs> Rutgers in Maryland for basketball. There you go. Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> uh, but no, th- that's it's a fair. What would what would you, when if UD had to run through that just in that last five six game stretch? I'm not saying they'd be they would not lose them all, but I don't think that the dominance that we see in the A10 and this is common sense, folks. I don't care what anyone says; it's coming. They would not look as dominant. Yeah, you said that those last five games. Will UD be five and zero in those games? I don't think four so. and one, three and two. I don't think two and three. I don't know. I mean, they're zero and two against the only two top twenty-five teams they've played this year. And Ohio State has the most top twenty-five, most top ten wins of any All team right, in the country. Penn right State, Purdue, even the mid-pack Big Ten teams, would they still? Run that? I don't think so. I don't know about running it, but I think the gap between a, a Rhode Island and a Purdue is a lot closer than a Rhode Island and UD. UD is a really good basketball team. They're, I mean, they've proven that. You don't go 18-0 in any conference. I don't you care can, you can you throw San Diego yeah, State in there, too. We're talking too. about the physical toll it takes on you. Those big bodies, those 6'9", six, 6'10", six, guys, 6'8". Yeah, we won the game tonight, but man, I'm sore. And we got to play again in two days? Yeah, UD has oh no go- Keep in mind, UD's guards can go against anyone in the Big Ten. OB can go against anyone in the Big Ten. But where the big, even the middle of the line Big Ten teams, they're three or four seven footers that they can continue throwing at OB and Shimonga and them. That's the they're gap. Just, they got fouls yeah. to burn. It's not that <laughs> UD doesn't have as much talent. It's that they don't. I don't think they would have as much depth at size to be able to consistently get. Now, could they beat these teams in the NCAA tournament? Yes, no one's denying that. But to go through that Big Ten schedule, I don't think they would have the size depth to be able to. Not not compete, but to to win the Big Ten. Is any tournament? It's who's hottest. Yeah, I'm not time. saying they can't beat Ohio State. Yeah, absolutely. But can you beat Ohio State twice, a home and home? <laughs> I'd give I'd favor them at UD Arena just because they. Yeah, always, they just split. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's another loss. So what's your answer? Who's your best in Ohio? I know what you're going to say because you're a Buckeye. I'm undecided, but right now I'm going to say Ohio State by a slight edge. Like, but look what you know before the calendar turn. Yeah, Ohio State was you. the number two team in the country. Yeah, yep. who was playing better than them? And then, but then the Big Ten season started. Now Michigan <laughs> was up there too, and then they found the Big Ten yeah. season. No, I, and I agree with you 100 percent on that. I don't, I don't have a definitive. But I'm not hating on you. Don't give me. No, oh no, no, no. I, I'm just Listeners curious what you were saying. Yeah, just think about it. In between now and tomorrow, we'll talk even more about it. Yeah, we'll take in four five seven nine four six. Or for those that have an opinion on it, I'm curious. You talked about when the calendar turned. Let's look back at November, December. I mean, look what Ohio State did. They they were up by thirty against top twenty five Villanova. They t- I mean they blew Villanova out. Uh, they beat Cincinnati. I don't care if North Carolina is having a down year. To beat North Carolina but at, at North the time, Carolina, North Carolina was, was still healthy, North Carolina, and they yeah. were healthy. You know, and that you took care of business against them. I mean, they were beating top teams. Throughout the whole non-con, I mean, they were taking everyone by storm. Ohio State was so. And we lost our player. You know, he had some DJ Carden. DJ Carden. Why the kid from? I can't think of his name. The big kid to transfer. Potter to Wisconsin. Why did he leave? There's really not. A, I mean, there's some behind the. Damn, he's good. Stuff, and he is really good. And of course, the first game that he played this year was against Ohio State, and really, that was one of the first conference losses besides Minnesota that they had. Bottom line is, UD is the highest ranked team in Ohio. I'm. I don't know. How definitively you can say that they're the best team in Ohio? Uh, they are the highest ranked team. I don't think you could definitively say they're the best team. Ohio State has proven all year they could beat the best teams in the country, and they've done that. And we just don't know. I mean, that, that's my. I mean, look at football. You know, the Patriots are number three in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, they they went out in the first round, and they clearly, you know, by the end of the season, the Patriots probably wasn't even one of the top eight teams in the AFC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, hey, that's why you play the games. End of the day, this time next week, or 
this day next week. Do you do a one seed? If they they have to win the conference tournament, even still, I don't think they can lose and still be a one seed. I mean, look, San Diego State they they didn't have they lost and they're out of the one. Okay, seed. Baylor loses in the conference again. I don't know who else I'm trying to move up. But if everything stays and everybody loses, UD still drops. If they lose, depending on who the loss is against, too. But they're going to have good A-10 teams that they're going up against. It's not it like would have to be, be in the finals. Yeah. They're not going to lose. Against, if, if they had to play a George Washington or something, that weight would not be as I mean, St. Louis is not going to be an easy out. They had to play, had to play them a third time. Get Rhodey a third time, possibly? <laughs> so VCU? It'll be interesting. Look, the, everyone's high on the, the committee. Everyone's high on the Flyers. They've had that respect. I Yesterday helped them a lot. Deservingly so. Just putting it, it's like when they were in Maui, Billis got that fuse lit, and now yesterday having game day there and seeing what all is going on, that's just one more candle on their cake. All right, so tomorrow on the Keith Byers Show from noon to 1, uh, you'll be able to hear him talk. I mean, go more in-depth on that, and he'll take your calls. Uh, and we'll continue to take your calls here in the final mi- minutes that we have. Uh, we have about 10-plus minutes. But, yeah, that's an interesting discussion with the way Ohio State's rolling. Now, keep in mind, Ohio State has Michigan State coming up later on this afternoon, 4.30 the tip, 3.45 the pregame uh, on 1410 Wing AM. That's a big one for Ohio State, too. I mean, look, they beat 23 Illinois, 19 Michigan, number 7 Maryland. You have number 16 Michigan State today. I mean, they are knocking out top 25 yes. teams left and right. So I know UD is the highest-ranked Ohio team, but I'm not convinced, and especially if Ohio State wins today, that's really going to enhance your conversation tomorrow because I don't think you can convince me at that point that UD is definitively better. They have the biggest star between both teams, but that doesn't mean that you're the better team. So that will be an interesting conversation for you. Yeah, I mean, and being an Ohio State guy, we only care about Ohio State basketball six, eight weeks a year. <laughs> so yes. you're on the clock, Ohio State basketball. Now that, you know, the, uh, the football season is... Over and it's almost restarted with spring practice starting, you know, this week. But now basketball, you're on the clock. You got everybody's attention at Ohio State. You know, uh, he said they were probably one of the best teams in the country before the calendar, you know, changed. We got the January. They, you know, lost with six at six or seven. They went on a losing streak. But I said that's okay. As long as they get it together by mid-February and, and, and go into March with some momentum, and they're doing that right now. And you want to be playing your best basketball of the season right now. And University of Dayton is doing that. Wright State is doing that. And the case can be made that Ohio State is doing that right now. And they can go out here and beat Michigan State this afternoon. It'll be hands down they're playing at their best. Michigan State at too. Michigan State. That's even better. Sparty's playing well, too. Ugh. It's a big game for Ohio State coming up later on this afternoon. For both teams, really, for the Big Ten. Keep in mind, as good as the Big Ten is, you're in and you're out. They have not won a national championship since 2000. Michigan State was the last team. That always baffles the me. The Big Ten hasn't won it since 2000? Yeah. I mean, and there's Ohio State has been to multiple Final Fours in that stretch. Michigan has been to multiple championship games in that stretch. That's a long drought. That's a 20-year drought. Yeah, yeah. Michigan's been to multi- Michigan State's been to multiple Final Fours, including most recently last year. It's insane. The Big Ten has shots every year, and they have not won a title since 2000. Wow, I didn't realize yeah. that. And Wright State beat that Michigan State that yeah. won the title that year. Wright State beat Michigan State that year. <laughs> really? At the Nutter Center. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I was. Uh, <laughs> that's you know, that's insane. When you really that that's why you don't see those teams go on the road against mid majors because stuff like that potentially happens. But yeah, yeah but yeah. how how neat was it earlier this week when Ohio State celebrated with it? How many years? Is sixty years? With uh, Bob Knight and everybody yeah. that was there. Bobby Knight. Sixty years of the national championship team. Nineteen sixty. No, it is. Lucas, Lucas looked good. 60, yeah. 1960 to 2020 is he 60 years. He does look good. He yeah, does. Jerry Lucas looked pretty good. 
I, I hate watching Bobby being paraded around like this right now. He's not. I mean, he just looks out of it. It's, it's he's not being paraded around. He was with his supporting his teammates. He's a Buckeye. No, I, I didn't mean to like. I just mean like you hadn't I seen him for John a while. I wish John Havlicek had been there. Yeah. And now you God see him. And you see him now, and he just looks. It's not Bob Knight. It's just not the old Bob Knight. I mean, it's the we old even throw a chair. Bob Knight. He needs to throw a chair. Need to be I don't think he can chair. pick up the chair yeah. and throw it. <laughs> That's the problem. But anyways, we'll get into more college basketball talk tomorrow on the Keith Byers Show uh, and on the Kenner and Schlemmer Show in the afternoon. Schlemmer and I will be on Fox 45's morning show tomorrow morning at 7.45. Talking UD basketball tomorrow morning, 7.45, Fox 45 morning show. Uh, looking forward to that as well. So that's coming up. You get to see Schlemmer and I on the, on the tube. As you old folks call it. Down those ratings. Oh, yeah. I was going to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, little NFL t- uh, to close this out, too. We were talking with uh, Steve from Springboro. We don't, you know, true American. Oh, met true one American. of his high school classmates yes, yesterday, did. didn't you? Uh, Kenny Smith. I met him earlier in the week. But, uh, yep. So, uh, but no, with that being said, the you know, a lot of NFL draft talk really going to start heating up. Uh, the Browns are in a position where. They have a lot of, you know, big names on their roster, but that obviously didn't work out for them last year. I still think they have the talent to do I think that the new coach is going to be the biggest key. Uh, you've already heard, you know, OBJ say he's committed to working out with the team in the offseason, something he didn't do last year. Baker's really? committed to losing. he got to make an announcement. Just do it, man. Huh? Well, I mean, I mean we, he didn't make an announcement. Reporters asked him, and he answered. That's what always happens. People say, oh, stop talking about it. Just do it. They're answering questions from the media. I've got to ask Keith a question. And, and you yeah. can give me your version of this, because I heard him say it the other day. Who's going to be the next coach of, I can't think of what you meant. Who just got let go? The, um, somebody in the NBA. The next coach. Anyway, yeah, I think I'm going to Oh, next coach. Next coach. But the question was, will the players, the star players, be involved in selecting a coach? And I just laugh at that. Every time I listen to that, it was different when you were playing. If they come to you and go, hey, who do you want? When I played you, and you play for who's there, you don't go to the players and go, who do you want? Look what Brian Price, a great example. Well, basketball's been that outlier somewhat. By the way, Freddie Kitchens is another prime. Another one, yeah. But in basketball, it's, you know, you have less players, so it's more, you know, when when, when the But doesn't it set it up for failure, though? No, when Chicago fired Doug Collins, you know, it was some discussion. Well, okay. the Lakers, too, with West Ham. Michael Jordan about Phil Simms. What do you think about me, Phil uh, Jackson? Okay, yeah, I think he works. Magic Johnson, <laughs> when he got Paul West here, then you ain't running out offense I like. Man, uh-uh. Come on in here, Pat Riley. They yeah, never came Riley. to you and said, Keith, what do you think? Who do you like? No, no. But it, I, I, I've only been a part of one firing. It was a good one. Though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, when they fired Buddy Ryan and then... Brought in Kotite, they didn't discuss any of that with us. So that was. I doubt if any of the players were going, yeah. 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 I just laugh when I hear that, too. Well, they're going to let the players decide. Really? I think that's. I mean, that's. That's why the NBA bothers me as much as it does, is because the players do run everything, and that's just a, it's not what you're taught when you're a kid when you're talking about being a good well, teammate. Well, Mayfield's best for good, the team. Good example. I think he got Kitchens in, and all of a sudden he had to go. This isn't good. Yeah. No, but, that's, but I like that more so in basketball with select players. You know, which really, when I say select, five in the whole LeBron. NBA that you should talk to the, to the player about your coaching decision. Yeah, we're not talking you know, Trayvon Green. We're talking about Steph Kevin Curry Durant. And, yeah. and, you know, in Golden State. You know, we're going to bring a new coach in here. Or let's talk to him. But they didn't talk to him when they fired Phil, uh, Mark, Mark Jackson. Jackson. Yep. So he wasn't, that, he wasn't that guy at the time. So right now, LeBron James... You need to talk to LeBron when you want to talk about bringing in a new coach. You know, Kevin Durant. Who am I missing? 
It's a small Kawhi Leonard. I think. And Kawhi did Harden? get that power, but not Harden, not, Harden, not no. Westbrook, but so Kawhi Leonard, guys. LeBron, and Kevin Durant. Anybody else, man? This is what this is what it yeah, is. You maybe, play with maybe, maybe Anthony Freak. Davis. Oh, Greek Freak. So, so five. Five. And Anthony Davis is fringe, but you're right. Greek Freak right now on the up, the way he is. Yeah. By the way, freak injury last night for him. That was unfortunate right now because look at the MVP race coming down to Giannis and, and LeBron. LeBron could take advantage of this in his absence. But, yeah, hopefully he's not out too long. I'd love to see a Lakers-Bucks uh, finals matchup, LeBron versus Giannis. But, uh, mm. but no, it's funny. You're talking about players picking the coach? Yeah, so overall the players shouldn't have a say. So it's only a few exceptions. You know, we, and the NBA is the outlier. What about baseball? No. You talk to who's going to who's gonna talk to who's going to manage the team? There's no superstar in baseball. Yeah, the Reds did that, and look how it worked out. <laughs> yeah. So, with you know, and the Browns with Baker Mayfield pulling that with Freddie, that was a, just a swing and a big time miss. Yeah, I mean, it, that was dumb on the Browns yeah. part. It, it, they Browns Baker, it up Baker now? Baker hasn't even been a year count in the league a calendar year yet. <laughs> in you know. the league, you and know. they haven't. I mean, the thing is, Baker's the first quarterback that they felt good about in the last what since they were turning to Cleveland. So it's like they wanted to just like, okay, they're bowing down to him. I think they learned their lesson. Stefanski, Baker was not involved in that. Uh, he was. He found out just like everyone else did when they hired him. I like. I like Stefanski. Just has an organized offense. You don't have to like the offense, but it's just an organized offense, and it's an adult offense that they just needed something stable. And I think that right there is enough to improve the Browns greatly. Last year, the Browns were in almost every game that they lost. Coach is what lost them the game more than anything else. That's what I think. You know, last year they were a regular, normal head coach away from winning possibly three more games and being in the playoffs last year. Well, the calendar tells me now we are in March. The Cleveland Browns season ended in December. Vacation time is over. You had time. We gave you January, February to go whatever and do whatever. I don't even care if you touch your weight. I don't even care if you watch a football game or watch a football film. I don't care. You've had eight weeks to do whatever you want to do. Starting tomorrow, maybe not the whole team, but Baker, he needs to be in Cleveland. Sitting down with the offense coordinator, and I'm not saying all day. You know, give me two to three hours. Watch some film. Let's watch, let's watch, let's break down some film. And we're going to do this Monday through Thursday. You can have Friday, Saturday, Sunday to yourself. But I need you Monday through Saturday, Monday through Thursday, anywhere between two and four hours a day. We're just going to dedicate the football. So that's usually in the morning. So give me between 10 to 2. <laughs> you know, eight to twelve. Is this one how often one. you met, like, with your teammates and stuff when you were in off season? Stuff? Yeah, but I'm talking about if Baker's the one of the leaders of that case, football team. Yeah. He's the quarterback. Everybody else will be in Cleveland by the end of the month when off season officially starts. But you're the quarterback. Your off season is now. It's right. It's you know you have vacation time now. This is the second Monday in March. Tomorrow morning you need to be in Cleveland. We don't need no cameras around. We got to make no announcement. Just be in Cleveland tomorrow. You meet with the offense coordinator, the quarterback coach, and you sit down. Okay, what are our what are my goals for the month of March? What do I want to get better at? So let's let's break down your season. Let's go watch our season. Let's talk about our good things we did. Let's talk about our bad things we did and what we're going to improve on in March. And then April comes. What am I going to wish? You know, we're going to continue the things we did in March. Now, what am I going to add here in April? You got to do all that kind of work. To make yourself a better football player when July comes and training camp opens up. Because look at Lamar Jackson. He put in work last offseason, and it showed Absolutely. in the regular season. <laughs> you know, it, it showed. When nobody's watching, that's what I need. So when, you, when earlier we said, Odell Beckham said, I'm going to be there this offseason. I know somebody asked me, but he was supposed to be here anyway. 
If it's not against the, the question rules. shouldn't be asked because it should just be common knowledge. Of course you're going to be there. Of course. We mean yeah. we're not going to be there. Of course. <laughs> Why are you asking me a stupid question like that? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be there all season workouts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at that point, he has trade value. So, But anyways. All right. So tomorrow, real quick, again, we're live out here at Frickers. Uh, come on out throughout the day. Take advantage of their uh, Parkmore chicken special here today on Sundays only. They also have a $7 nacho special. Uh, great food and drink specials. Come on out. Take advantage of that. Plus, keep in mind, St. Paddy's Day. They're having a huge St. Paddy's Day party, March 13th. They'll have a live DJ here at 741 by the Dayton Ball of the Frickers here. Uh, so if you're still making plans for St. Paddy's Day, keep that in mind. Tomorrow afternoon, noon to 1, the Keith Byers Show. Make sure you're tuning in for that. Of course, he threw out the question for you to consider and ponder until tomorrow at noon when he'll take your calls. The best college basketball team in Ohio is who? In this city, you're thinking, oh, of course, it's state. Watch Ohio State later today. If they struggle, by the way, then that adds to the conversation tomorrow. But if Ohio State beats Michigan State later today, it's a legit conversation to have about who is the best team in Ohio. Is it Ohio State, who doesn't look as sexy as UD, but their resume is way better? Or is it, you know, a well, resume, can't say it's better when they're the number three team in the country. But you see my point. From where, no, you said it right. So, their resume. Yeah. If Ohio State was three in the country, they look real sexy. So lots of tomorrow. We'll be on Fox 45 uh, on their morning show tomorrow morning at 7:45, talking about Schlemmer Night, talking UD basketball. Of course, as we are heading into Selection Sunday, A10 tournament tipping off. A lot to get into in the morning on Fox 45, and then of course the Kinder and Schlemmer show tomorrow afternoon. All right, that wraps it up for us here. Thank you for tuning in and hanging out with us here this morning. Thank you to the True American. There we go. Browns fan, True American. Feeling it this morning. Until next week, this has been our Sunday morning tailgate show live here on 1410 ESPN Radio.